Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by our proud title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, the next generation of off-ice hockey training for players and goalies. Look, we know how much you invest in your children's hockey development, the early mornings, the travel, and let's not forget the expenses of training for hockey camps, private ice time, the general expenses of the season. It's a lot. But wouldn't it be great to bring that on-ice practice experience home that's fun, fits into your schedule, and that's affordable? If you said yes, which I'm sure you did, you've got to check out NHL Sense Arena. It's a top-tier virtual reality training game that brings the on-ice practice experience home so you can practice anytime and anywhere, literally. You can transform any part of your home into a virtual ice rink where you're getting unlimited access to over 100 drills, training plans from top coaches and players, weekly drill challenges, and more that focus on improving hockey sense and physical cognitive skills, starting at just $33 per month. That is a lot cheaper than an hour of ice time. The physical side of hockey gets a lot of attention, but we don't focus enough on the mental side of it. It's something we talk about on this show all the time. NHL Sense Arena provides an immersive solution for players to sharpen those skills when ice time is limited or not affordable and they want to get those extra reps in. So for our listeners, NHL Sense Arena is offering an exclusive $50 off their annual plan all you got to do is head over to their website, hockey.sensorina.com. Again, hockey.sensorina.com and use our code hockey never stops and you'll level up your off-ice training by using NHL Sensorina. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us and NHL Sensorina. Enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world. My name is Lee Elias, and I am joined today by Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli. And welcome to episode three of Our Kids Play Hockey. If you're listening to this show, you're either a coach, you're a parent, you're a kid. Either way, you're involved in the game. And we have some great information to bring to you today. We have a very positive podcast because we know things are not positive out there. In today's podcast, the topic is very simple it's five things you can do to improve your game as a player or a coach with limited ice time. Now, the reason we're bringing this topic in is we know that a lot of people out there, obviously, depending on what state you live in or even what country you live in, you either have a lot of access to ice or absolutely no access to ice or somewhere in between. Either way, every day when you wake up, it could be a different story. Uh, and the way I look at this time period is this. I, I see opportunities everywhere, right? And the idea is that even though you might have limited ice time, there's a lot you can do to be improving your game, Whether again, as a coach, as a player, or even as a parent during this time. Now, the reason why I came up with this idea and we wanted to talk about it is that this is not actually limited to pandemic thinking. When I was in high school, my senior year, I tore my left shoulder uh, so bad that I ended up missing uh, six months of the hockey season, which was during my senior year, the worst time to be missing that, obviously. But I love the game so much, I just kind of made a commitment in that time with the support of my parents that I was going to do whatever I could to be in the game, right? So I, I found ways to write about the game. I found ways to read about the game, to practice the game with one arm, and I started creating new ways to be involved. So the idea is that no matter what's going on in your hockey journey, there's always an opportunity for you, no matter what age you're at uh, or where you're at the game, to improve or to find other ways uh, to improve upon your game. So Instead of sitting around playing video games all the time, which is easy, or watching TV, which is something I know that as parents we have to let our kids do every once in a while just so we can have some sanity, uh, I wanted to be able to create some structure and maybe some direction and just give you some ideas, plant some seeds, so that the three of us can give you ideas moving forward, right? 
so before we get going again, once, once again, I want to introduce Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli. Guys, it's so great to have you with us every single week. This is our show. This is the club. Uh, and though, for those of you listening, again, I have the youngest kids in the group. Mike has kids in the middle of the hockey journey. Christy, your kids are in college, I believe. Uh, and again, always happy to have you guys here. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. All right, let's let's talk about we just I just saw this story in our local newspaper. Sure. Our hockey rinks are shut down. There's no winter sports activity. The season looks very dim for high school and right. for college. Now, one of our local athletes who was a football player happened to join the soccer team because right now you can play soccer. <laughs> and he just scored a goal. There you go. And he was so thrilled that he was able to use, he can't play football, but guess what? He can play soccer. He's really good at it. And now he's discovering that he's a pretty good soccer player. Never would have thought of ever joining the soccer team because his concentration was on football. There was one focus, one sport mentality. Now, all of a sudden, he was allowed options. And he was so joyous. Um, I'm not quite sure whether he ever scored a touchdown, but he scored a goal <laughs> in soccer, and it was just the most exciting time for him. So there are opportunities for our kids to diversify right now and try other sports you know, that are allowed. <laughs> Christy, it's, it's a great point. I'm actually going to jump right into that topic because that's one of the things that I think we all get tunnel vision as, even as players, coaches, and parents is it's got to be the one sport and excel at one sport. And every single study today, every single one says that your kids should be playing multiple sports. Now, the reason this is, as you just said, an opportunity right now is because there are different skill sets that you can learn from different sports. And it's great because I get to dive right into a couple stories here uh, from my time coaching. Um, you know, so first off, when you look at the hockey skill set, I'll actually pose this as a quiz to you too. Do you, do you guys know what of the four major sports is actually the closest athletic sport? Uh, athletic meaning all of the skill sets you have in hockey apply to another sport. It's probably not what you think. What sport do you think is the sister sport to hockey uh, skill-wise? I'm going to say lacrosse just because okay. my daughter played both, and it was a very easy transition for her. We call that grass hockey. But the, uh, lacrosse is a good one. <laughs> but of the, of, right. of, of, of the four major sports, right? Baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. What do oh. you think is the closest in terms of? See now, lacrosse is major in Central New York. That, that's so. fair. Right. Well, yeah, right. of course, near Syracuse. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> near Syracuse, I'll give you that. That's very fair. Right. Mike, what do you think? Which one do you think it would be? Yeah, so we always I I used, I used to do a ton of basketball video back in uh, when I was coaching with um, in college up at Plymouth State. And we had a good basketball team and all those concepts, that triangulation, you know, playing off the ball, understanding spatial awareness. That was great for, for me as right. a coach because it was, a, it was actually a slower uh, version of right. where I wanted guys to be and how I wanted them to fill lanes and cut and we call like slicing through the zone. So all those kind of concepts. But, uh, you know, going back to all sports, I mean, my kids play lacrosse. I, I love my, my athletes playing really any sport uh, that allows them to, you know, feed off each other and make right. decisions. So, but in my, in my, uh, in my estimation would be, I would say basketball much more than football or, or baseball. Well, right. This is what's funny. And this is what freaks people out when I tell them it's actually not basketball. All right. Now here's the thing. Tactically, tactically, it's a tough word to say. Basketball right. totally is the game you'd want to play to learn that. But if you've ever seen a bunch of hockey players try and play basketball, it, it never looks great. Right. No. Uh, it's just, you know, the scores are usually four to two. 
uh, and that's if you're counting by ones. <laughs> so actually, the sister sport to hockey, again, this always shocks people when I bring it up, is actually baseball. All right, and a lot of people go, "How does that work?" Right? If you think about the skill sets, again, the ta the, the actual mechanics, weight transfer, right? Split second decisions, right? Think about a player at bat, right? The weight transfer of swinging the bat, um, and then the ability to see something coming at you very quickly. Those are actually things that transfer very well. All right, even fielding in a lot of ways. So it's always funny. Hockey players and basketball players are typically built in similar fashion. Although I don't know. I'm sorry. I meant to say baseball players. Although I don't know if they can skate uh, like we can, and I don't know if we can field like they can. But um, baseball is a great example. Now uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, Christy football, Mike. I'm glad you have a basketball. I've got I've got great stories for both of these. And, and again, for those of you listening at home, these are things you can absolutely start implementing now whether you're in a team environment, even if it's just you and your kid, because I have found these to be really beneficial all the way up at the pro level. And I'll use, I'll use football as an example. Um, when I was coaching in England, all right, um, when you think of English sports, sports in, in Great Britain, they are always using soccer balls. They're always kicking. They, they have a lot of foot sports. They don't have a lot of hand sports where they throw, throw balls. So baseball and uh, football are not a huge thing. Their basketball is almost non-existent. So one of the things I noticed when I got this team on the ice, and this was a pro team, is they were incredible skaters. You could not sneak a puck between their legs if you tried. They're just their foot coordination was too good. Mm. But their passing was just subpar. It wasn't really great. Um, and I remember thinking, like, all the teams here are just not great at passing. And then it clicked in my head. The reason why is because they don't ever throw balls over there or in any way. There's just no sports. So what I did was I brought my team outside. I bought three footballs from the, uh, the BX at the military base I was staying at. And I had them start leading passes and just doing very basic football plays of, okay, he's going to run up to the right. You have to throw the ball to where he's going to be, right? And then the receiver has to know you can't look until the ball's coming, right? So we did this for a few weeks. The passing got infinitely better, infinitely better, right? And I was amazed by that because here's an American sport that they, I mean, football in England is not football, it's soccer, Here's a sport that literally taught them how to be better passes. And we ended up winning a championship that year. I'm not saying it was just on that one thing. But our ability to pass the puck got so much better that we started getting light years ahead of the team. I'm going to say this again. Uh, the English hockey player is always better with their feet than I, I think the American hockey player is. But that's how you trade things. And, again, Christy, this goes back to what you were saying about a football player playing soccer. So right. it's an amazing, and, you know, collaboration. Go ahead. Yeah, and you, and you think about some of the talents out there. Michael Jordan, for example, what do you think of him as? Of course, the greatest baseball, uh, basketball player. Right. But he started off as on the baseball diamond, which right. I don't think a lot of people knew. Same thing with Wayne Gretzky. Yes. He was an incredible athlete in other sports, including lacrosse and soccer and baseball. And he was a track athlete as well. Um, so as you were saying, your kids can develop other skills, um, hand-eye coordination. The other factor you got to think about is when you concentrate on just one sport all the time, it then becomes like a job to these kids, right. and right. you run the risk of them facing burnout. That's something else. that it, It's not fun anymore. Right. That's and when, a major uh, problem. When a sport starts to become a job, uh, for a kid instead of looking forward to it because it's something that they're passionate about and they want to do. Now, this is something mom's making me, dad's making me do uh, year round. And it's not fun anymore. And then you take away the fun factor and it becomes just uh, a burning out, uh, not looking forward to it. They're not diversifying their friendships either. 
they're around the same circle of kids. Right. So that's another re- uh, some other factors that you have to think about um, why you should not make uh, a year-round hockey kit. Take a break. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I, I look I look at that as burnout. You know, mental burnout, physical burnout, just just burnout of 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 not not so not the joy because it seems like a lot of kids like you'll you'll hear from parents all the time. All my kid wants to do is play hockey. They, it's them. They're driving it. They want to play every day. I said, yeah, but you have to balance your child's right. physical skeleton as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, Lee brought it up with baseball. I mean, you've seen Sidney Crosby, unbelievable baseball player. Right. Uh, Matt Hur, who, is, uh, who is a, uh, NH- works with the NHL now, was a USA Hockey ADM manager, said that when he left college because he played hockey and baseball, his ability to tip balls out of the air or uh, tip pucks out of the air in front of the net was 100 times better than anybody else because of the fact that he was doing it over and over. And when he stopped playing that other sport, his, that skill disappeared. Right. You know, it, it, it ran away from him. So I think, you know, not only, you know, mental balance, but physical balance and knowing that your, your, your body, your skeleton, your muscles, it needs a rest. You need to shut down and allow all that stuff to heal and then build up other muscles around to keep your, right. keep your child. Right. Uh, you know, Cause centered. isn't it true that overuse injuries, kids can be very prone to that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, in, in yeah. you look at look at goaltenders. If you are a year-round goaltender in hockey, uh, you might not see it at eight, nine, ten years old. But at, at fourteen and fifteen, and then eighteen and nineteen, you'll start seeing a lot of these issues really manifest themselves. And it could have been, you know, again, some of it's hereditary, some of it's just, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's in their DNA. But a lot of it is because they're just not a balanced athlete. Well, and, and the key word there, Mike, is athlete. Right. When we talk about hockey players, there's a difference between a hockey player and an athlete. You want your yourself or kid or whoever to be the most well-rounded athlete. And to do that, they have to play other sports. And again, whenever you think about uh, the greatest of all time, and I'm not saying that anybody should be comparing their kid or themselves to the greatest of all time. But when you look at them as a as a way of measuring this, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, uh, you know, Russell Wilson today, J.J. Watt played ice hockey. All these athletes can play two sports. They're overall athletes, and all of them could be in track. So that's the idea is that you're building up other skill sets from other sports that will, in turn, if you want to do hockey, give you an advantage. Okay, Another great example, and Mike, you brought this one up earlier, is basketball. When I was coaching college, um, I realized that my team was really horrible at transition. Now, for those of you watching at home, again, I believe transition to actually be the, the big differentiator between levels. I think that the NHL players transition back and forth the fastest. And when you go down from there, it actually gets slower and slower and slower. I think that is, again, that's what makes the difference. So I had a college team that was just not great at transition. So I, I, I just thought outside the box, right? You think about transition, transition drills and hockey, you know, a lot of it's flow drills and then the coach blows a whistle and it's go the other direction. That doesn't always sink in. So what I did was I went to the college basketball team and I had my kids practice basketball because basketball transitions at a rate of like 10 to one to what hockey does because it's a smaller area and the ball goes back and forth and back and forth. So again, we learned a few things that day. Number one, Mike, as I said earlier, hockey players are really bad at basketball. It's just not the thing. (laughs) Most of them, you know, unless you practice every day, they're not great, but they got the message of you have to be able to transition when a basket is shot where someone shoots the ball, you have to be mentally ready to go the other way. It was a dramatic difference at practice the next week in the games moving forward, right? And again, that was just after one practice. I started thinking, what if I had him do this stuff all the time? So again, this is the message, right? No matter how old your kid is, or kids, you can do this with a team. You can do this with just one person. 
start looking at other sports and start thinking about how they could affect you, how they might be able to infiltrate the hockey game as a new skill set. There are no bad skill sets from other sports for hockey. That's the way you have to look at it. So, and again, so that's the, the first one we're going to go with is just try another sport, right? And, and as Christy said, there are other sports available right now, and you don't necessarily have to join a team to go buy a football or a basketball or a baseball and just go outside. Who doesn't want to have a catch with their kid? Who doesn't want to have a, have a you know, basketball shot with their kid? I mean, those things are available to you if you want them, right? And you get outside and it's refreshing. Yeah, I think some parents fall into the trap of if your kid shows some promise early on right. and then they're thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be their ticket to a free college. It's going to be the ride to college. And it's so I'm just going to invest everything into hockey. I'm going to get an off ice trainer. He's going to be on the ice or she, you know, right. constantly. And we're going to do summer hockey clinics and we're. Uh, you know, and I, I just want to say to that parent, hey, your kid's nine years old, time out. <laughs> Can you just enjoy the moment? Enjoy the moment. Enjoy your life right now because there's plenty of time to worry about that. Um, so please, so parents, stop and think about what you're doing about when you want to specialize in ice hockey year-round. What are you doing to your kid? I know if you're listening to this, you want to get to those five things. So obviously, number one is try another sport. Nothing wrong with that. Number mm-hmm. two is find the gaps in your game. Now, what do I mean by that? This is always a hard one for everyone, parents, coaches, and kids, because nobody likes to look at themselves and say, well, I'm not good at this. This is the opportunity you have right now. This is the time to look at your game, to call your coach, or to speak to a player in a, a positive, conducive way and ask, what do I need to work on right now? Because you've been given the time, this is how I look at it, to work on that. It's not always to work on some of these, easy to work on some of these things during the season especially if you're expected to score or be a playmaker or be a skater or be a goalie or a defenseman. Find out the gaps in your game and use this time as, a, as an opportunity to learn. Right Now, I'm going to get into the ways to learn that in a minute, but you have to identify those things, number one, and number two is make a plan. And Mike, I want to turn to you on this one because I know this is something you do all the time, and I know it's really hard, especially when you're the parent of a, maybe a, a tween or teenager type kids, that they, they know everything. It's hard to get them to listen. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, about going to the coach and say, hey, would you have this conversation with my son or daughter because they're not listening to me, but of finding those gaps. Yeah, so there's a couple of things there. Number one is if you're a player and you're getting uh, and you're and you're supplementing your gap, right, that you're saying, oh, you know, I really want to work on a certain aspect and you're going to a private instructor or a one-on-one instructor, you, that instructor, not that they're obligated, but they should be contacting the coach that works with you, right. you know, for the other 20 hours of the week that you're on the ice. You know, if you're not in synergy, if you're just going to a private lesson or you're, or you're getting online instruction or you're trying to improve your game on your own without knowing the context of what the coach that you trust sees you in, in 26, 27 weeks of a season, you know, you're just not filling the gap properly sometimes. Right. You know, make sure that you're having that conversation. And the biggest thing that I, I tell my players all the time and the parents especially is don't just go get a private lesson for that heck of getting a private lesson have a plan know what the plan is give me some give me something substantial say i want to work with you for eight weeks this is our this is what your deficiency is and at the end of the week at the end of the eight weeks this is where we're going to end up and i think a lot of us as parents just assume that they're going to a private lesson they're getting out there with the instructor the instructor's magically going to know where the deficiency is they they most likely don't have a plan work with the work with your head coach and work with your skills instructor on, on filling that gap and, and accomplishing that plan. 
Right, especially in a right. game where muscle memory is really the key to most skill sets. A lot of people, you know, they try different things. Or like you said, Mike, they're all over the place. If you can identify something you need to work on, I'll give you one that everyone needs to work on, backhands, right, and backhand play. It's all about repetition. Sidney Crosby, after I think his first or second year in the league, made a decision he was going to have the best backhand in the league. All right, now I'm not comparing anybody to Sidney Crosby's skill. It's his work ethic. He took an right. offseason and only worked on backhands over and over and over again until his backhand shot was as strong as his forehand shot. It was just repetition. He identified it. He also did this with faceoffs. He was one of the worst faceoff men in the league to one of the best. That's the example I used Sidney Crosby. It, it was an, a, a relentless work ethic. Now, Christy, I want to turn to you here too because you have a daughter in college. You've had kids through college. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you had seen her go through several things I need to get better at XYZ. What was her process or what was your process as a parent to help her get to the next level? Well, at every stage there were, was a different skill set that she needed to work on. Um, now, I'm going to talk about the college level because her skating's pretty decent. She's got a great shot. Um, she's good at stick handling, but college hockey players are big and strong, <laughs> even women. Yeah. And Sophia was on the petite side. So the coach said to her, you get knocked down a lot. You need to work on your core strength and conditioning right. off ice. And that's what she spent the summer doing. Uh, right. Really important is if you don't have a strong core, like if you're up in front of the net and you're trying to guard your, your goalie, you can get knocked down pretty quickly by someone who's got a better core who's bigger and stronger. So if you have a better balance, you work on that core, you work on those that strength, that conditioning, endurance, because you gotta skate fast in college hockey. Right. So you have to have you have to be able to endure that that shift. And it's a lot of hard, fast skating. It, it is. So that's what she concentrated on all summer was strength and conditioning. Huge. You know and that brings up a great point and it sums out this section is that no one can get all the skill sets in one summer. Right. <laughs> and I think oh, that a lot gosh, of people, yeah, yeah a, a lot of people do. But if you hear the stories, we said, you know, Crosby focused on this. Your daughter focused on this. It's the culmination of these over time that builds you in a great uh, athlete. You know, Yamir Yager had this great quote that I always loved. I used to tell my players this. He said that, you know, every hockey player has a toolkit, right? And the more tools you can put in the toolkit, the more things you can fix. But he's like, you got to learn how to, to, you have to learn how to use each tool before you put it in. And he goes, get as many tools as you can in your toolbox. And I always thought that made a lot of sense because you can't get all of them at once. The thing would be too heavy and it would drop. It's the culmination of these things over the years. And, and this is your time, again, if you're a coach or a player or a parent, to identify those things. And again, this is not just limited to hockey players. Like I said, if you're a coach, find the gaps in your game. I coach coaches. You should know the gaps in your game as a coach. There is, there's very few coaches that are so well-rounded that they get everything together. Most of them have won a lot of cups or Super Bowls. That's how many there are, like two or three maybe in the world, right? As a coach, you should be identifying the gaps in your game and finding ways to improve upon it. Uh, there's a great quote that is, uh, good coaches think they know everything and great coaches know they know nothing. That's what you should be taking into the game every year. All right? If you think you got it, you are setting yourself up for failure as a coach and a player for that matter. Now, let me transition to the next topic here because they kind of go hand in hand. And it's study the game. Now, we're talking about finding gaps and creating it. I want to talk about something that uh, I am super envious of 
today's hockey player and coach for that matter, because I didn't have this growing up. When I was growing up, there were no training aids. We had to get creative. I, I talked about having to use a piece of sheet metal and paper plates as targets. Um, that's the outside thing. Here's a resource that is out there today that is extremely underutilized by parents, coaches, and players. It's a little thing called YouTube. All right. I would have done anything to have had YouTube when I was a player. I loved the game. I wanted all the knowledge. And there was very few places you could go outside books and maybe some VHS cassettes of like Roger Nielsen used to make a lot of those back then. He's a famous coach for those of you who don't know. You have an unlimited library at your fingertips through YouTube, not only of videos, but you can search for specific skill sets and get in unlimited drills on how to build that. So that's the first thing I want to say is use YouTube. Your kids are watching TV anyway. Jump on YouTube with them. Hey, let's look up some drills we can do, or let's look up some tactics we can study, or let's look up anything. Let's just watch some YouTube. Uh, and, and there are YouTube coaches out there, like Daryl Belfry is a guy I want to shout out. He, works, he worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This guy innovated uh, skill development because of the way he thought. He never was trained classically. He made up his own mind, and now the NHL players are going in, and he puts this stuff out there for free for players to learn. So that's number one. And, and before I jump to you guys, another one, read. Read as much as you can, right? Uh, th there's, again, no shortage of books out there. There's no shortage of magazines out there. Someone on the show happens to be writing for a magazine. She's right there. Um, that's my point. There's, there's so many resources out there. Did you, before I keep going, I mean, you guys on these resources, Christy, I'll turn to you. I mean, you, mm -hmm. your daughter was growing up in that time, people, time period where this was exploding, right? Does she utilize some of these things right. to learn? All the time. Yes. Nice. Um, and not even just with hockey, but she learned how to play the guitar with YouTube. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's yeah. always wanted to do that and never had the time because hockey took so much of her time. She learned how to play guitar. Um, yeah, YouTube is a great resource. Also, you know, it, if the rinks start to open back up, just open skating for right. the kids is just because they're not really thinking about skating and hockey right. and pressure is just fun. Um, some of my kids, uh, mo some of their dramatic improvements happened when we were just kind of fooling around on the ice right. and there was less pressure on them. You know, their crossovers got deeper, their edges got deeper, uh, backward skating, they uh, improved on that. And we, you know, we did it, as a family too. It was fun. Because so, it was fun. Yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, have fun. Just let your kids yeah. fun. Do some open skating. My son's That's always asking me just to skate. He just wants to skate. And again, even with limited ice time, we rollerblade. Again, that's going to be another topic. And they like to talk about. Some can't skate too, you know that. <laughs> right, right. Mike, what about you? I mean, some of these technological advances in the last 20 <laughs> years are just, I mean, they're amazing. Again, it's, it's, I, I feel old saying that, but it's so true. We, we underutilize the technologies mm -hmm. at, our, at, our dis, our, at our disposal. Yeah, I mean, I, I look back and I talk. I, I work with a lot of younger coaches now, and a lot of guys that are just getting out of the game and, and and trying to explain to them. I used to have to, you know, when I was coaching prep school or high school, and budgets were tight, and I was trying to figure out ways to get my administration to pay for my bus ticket or a plane fare to <laughs> Ottawa to go to the Roger Nielsen's clinic every year because that literally was the only source of information rather than right. you know, outside of it, you know, USA hockey clinic or here or there, but now you got the coach's site, you have, you know, Roger Nielsen's program still, you have USA hockey's database and their mobile yeah, coach they're intelligent. coaches, they're intelligent, they're intelligent. They're, yeah. you know, I, I, I personally love my kids. Like I'm, I'm not a 24 hour a day video guy, but I'd much rather see my kids and, and the kids that play for me playing NHL 20 and 21 than Fortnite. 
I mean, right. I, I, actually, it looks like the game. Like they, you could see these kids, and I think that's a, a transition we as parents have to see. And when right. the kids are playing these real-life games, football, basketball, they're trying things that they're unable to probably do. And you'll start seeing it manifest itself in their practices and their games because they're doing things out there that a, that a video controller can do. Now, you know, we don't, certainly don't advocate them sitting on the couch all this time, but there are huge benefits of using video uh, to your point, you know, my son is loves watching all the, the Instagram heroes out there. And again, do I uh, appreciate some of the stuff they're doing that just maybe doesn't help the kids, but being creative, trying new things, having the confidence uh, to do it on their own. And if I can catch, you know, you know, we know it, right. We catch our kids doing something on their own. It's like, oh, and they're doing it, right. you know, for a purpose whether it's reading on their own, whether it's, you know, writing something on their own, you know, if they're rollerblading or fooling around, I know with the hockey wraparound, it's changed my kids' lives because, you know, my son's out there doing things with his, you know, in his own creative mind that if I was harping on him and asking him to do it, like, you, you got to go out and try this. It's just not going to happen. It's not the same feel. You know, and my, they, can, they, can, they can discover the game much more now. You bring up a tremendous point. And I want to discuss it because I think this is something that's very valuable for parents. If you are a parent today of whatever age, doesn't really matter, even, even my younger kids, right? We were at some point along the, the, the road told, you know, video games and TV will rot your brain and you shouldn't watch them. I am actually an advocate for gaming when it's done correctly. So what I'm not an advocate for is 24 hours a day of gaming. But I am absolutely an advocate of a few hours a day because, as you said, it does develop skill sets, creativity, uh, having to think critically as well, all right, in terms of like not just being fun, but also making sure that you're having to make the next decision, logic, things like that. Uh, the other thing, too, is like you said, if they're playing an NHL game, although it's not real, right, they're thinking about the game. And that's something that's very, very important in today's marketplace when you think about hockey, right? It goes beyond that as well. So yeah, that's why I think video games are a positive force if you do them correctly, but a good, a good mix altogether of all these things. That's really the key to making a well-rounded player and using it to study the game. Again, the biggest plate of our time, I believe, is we have unlimited information and unlimited access to it, but we're a little bit lazy when it comes to using this. So if you're one of those parents that was told the internet's going to rot your brain or TV's going to rot your brain, maybe <laughs> rethink that a little bit, right? They're tools at your disposal. Uh, we're going to quickly run through the last two ones because they kind of work together. It's off-ice training and mm -hmm. off-ice hockey. Now, off-ice mm -hmm. training is pretty point-blank and simple. Christy, you talked about this with your daughter. Uh, if you're not utilizing outdoors right now for endurance training, plyometrics, weight training, anything, et cetera, you're wasting an opportunity. This is what I'm saying. Video games are great. Don't sit on the couch all day. Get outside. Have your kids run through courses. You can make this fun. It's the same thing we do this with USA Hockey coaching when the kids are young. We have them do fun drills now to learn how to sit down, stand up, move around, don't be afraid to fall down. This is a major part of the game. Christy just told you, core strength alone at the college level is extremely important. I remember I put in 15 pounds of muscle my freshman year of college. I would love to do that again right now, but unfortunately I'm older and my shoulder's broken and I can't do that anymore, so I have to live with that. But anyway. Oh, you poor kid. I'll take it. Hey, I appreciate that. I'll keep my hat on because there's no higher underneath it. Uh, but moving on from training, it's off-ice hockey. And this is the other thing. There are so many hockey-esque things at your disposal off the ice, roller hockey, stick handling courses, shooting <laughs> practice, and it's all extremely affordable. Now, I'm not going to plug any products. If you watch this show, you know what all of us do. But my point to you at home is this. 
There is no shortage of the ability for you, your kids, your team to practice hockey and other sports off the ice. So if you're feeling like you're sick at home and you don't know what to do, take the kids outside. This is why we have gym class in school, to get them outside. Mm -hmm. Create a plan, find good drills, find good solutions, and get them outside and execute upon them. If you don't know where to start, again, this is what the internet's for. You can contact any of us on this show. We have plenty of information. Again, we're not going to plug any of our products right now. You can find that if you want. That's not what this show is about. My point is we are a resource of information, so come and check that out. Again, the email for that is team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. But before we move into that and before we close, I want to make sure that you guys had a chance to talk about this because, guys, off-ice hockey is, is an obvious solution here that if you have not partaken in as a parent, as a coach, as a kid, you're missing something. Christy, I'll, I'll turn to you real quick because I know your daughter obviously had to find other ways to practice during the pandemic. Yeah, um, absolutely, because we didn't have uh, rinks available to us. Uh, the gym was closed, so she had to get creative. So she invested her pandemic purchases, included some weights, uh, nothing too fancy or expensive. Um, she also got, you know, a floor mat. Yoga is so good for hockey players. Keep you, keep you I, healthy, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And as far as getting your muscles more flexible and um, and also helps with your your strength, believe it or not, you can actually get a lot stronger through yeah. yoga, your flexibility. Um, she also invested in um, rollerblades. So she did a lot of that. And in the driveway, just shooting down the net. Um, that kept her in really good shape. In fact, uh, she noticed when she went back to play, because they just started um, ice hockey uh, practices, we, no games yet, but she noticed in practice she was faster, she was stronger, right. and much more confident. So all that summer development that happened during the pandemic where she thought she was going to be way behind, she ended up working 10 times harder, getting staying right. in shape. Um, so that was kind of a, a silver lining to the uh, shutdown during the summer months. And again, there's opportunities everywhere. She saw it, yeah. she attacked it, she planned yeah. it, and she executed upon it. Mike, I'm going to turn to you now. We just did a whole episode on floorball and why that's spectacular. But what I want yeah, you to even bring about, it up. Yeah, I want you to talk about Mike. Is again, <laughs> when I was growing up, I had paper plates and a piece of sheet metal. There were no training aids. It, it's unlimited now. The ability that anybody has to practice this game. Yeah, and you know, forget about just the hockey-specific stuff. To Christy's point, if you're a better athlete, you're a better hockey player. Right. If mm -hmm. you have – everybody has a front stoop. Everybody has a set of stairs somewhere. Everybody has the opportunity to you know, simulate plyo. And going back to the video stuff, my, like my son, he got – my little guy got to watch uh, – he found um, Fortnite yoga and Star Wars <laughs> yoga. You know, it was all right. like a woman that did – she did the yoga, yeah. but she did it in with the Star Wars exactly theme. And, oh, wow. Right, and, and he loved <laughs> it. And that was from school. And we found this. And like, this kid actually – he loves this stuff. Like, he really – because it's speaking his language. And I think for my older guy, you know, obviously the rollerblading was good and the shooting was good, but it was really just discovering – a lot of his own spatial awareness, you know, doing right. things, you know, uh, he learned how to juggle. He, you know, he learned how to, you know, do, you know, better push-ups. He learned how, you know, challenging himself. He got the, uh, uh, there was an app. I won't men mention the company, but you know, he was able to get an app online it, it, every day. He saw a new video and he right. challenged himself to try that, which no hockey coach. And I've said this to all, every player I've ever coached, you don't get better in a Tahoe. You don't get better in the hotel on the weekend tournament. You get better, Doing, discovering yourself, discovering your own athleticism, and putting yourself in a place 
where as you become stronger, you become more confident, the hot, everything else will take care of itself. To, to your daughter's point, Christy, she's, she's gonna, she came to, comes to training camp in better shape because of the fact that she just wasn't focused on, you know, hockey specific skills. Right. Yeah. And, and she know. had a lot of fun. And, and, and just already, yeah. you know, that's the key, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we even took a couple of trips. We uh, you know went to Glens Falls State Park and we climbed all the way down the canyon, all the steps, and all the way up. I was so far behind her, right? <laughs> she had to come back down and get me and help me up. So you know, she actually <laughs> did climbing, it twice. climbing, you know, climbing a mountain doesn't cost you any money. And no. I think right. uh, you know, and I think nothing. that's where I just took my team you know, to, to hike a mountain and they, and I like, could see clearly the kids that are, are in athletic shape yeah. and the kids that are just hockey players because, yeah. you know, you're using a ton of different muscles and a tough, yeah. tough a lot of different resources. And, uh, you know, this is, if you're going to find a silver lining in the, in the world we're living in right now, it's that the, it gives kids a much more opportunity to explore for themselves and really find out what, what works for them to help them be more physically active too. I mean, I'll round out this episode by saying, Amen, brother. yeah, you know, <laughs> we know that you can feel like you're, you're at home right now and that the pressure of the world is coming in on you. It's all about a breaking out of those chains and finding opportunities, right. finding those silver linings. They are out there. And I'll tell you what, to supplement this podcast, we'll even put together a little bit of a blog of some of these resources that we're not mentioning because there's so many of them, but places yeah. you can go to make a plan. So that is the episode. That's just five things you can do during the pandemic to become a better player, a better coach, a better parent, whatever you want to do. The point is stand up, find something, find a pathway. You can do this. People have done it. And again, you don't need to be in a pandemic to do it. So again, visit our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. You can email us at team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. I want to thank you all for listening or watching, but depending on how you're consuming this, once again, for Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias, and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day.